And welcome back to episode 29 of Who's on Top. Woohoo! Today we have a head to head episode. We got the Rutgers Beach Boy coming back from the beach, and Jeremy and Jacob Prime, the sixth man of the year, coming off the bench, Daniel Fox. That's me. Uh, he, he made a little shooting motion for all our listeners. Uh, the first one, the Rutgers Beach Boy, is Ellis. Wow. Hello, I gave a little captain motion, like salute. Okay, but it's a podcast. Hi. You're private, okay. Ellis. We all know that. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to first start off with some stories from the week. Daniel, I believe you have something to introduce us with. Okay. You want to talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. So. He sounds so like hesitant. My, okay. my un- Fine. I'll talk my about undisclosed, it. My undisclosed college. Redacted college. <laughs> uh, as well as Ellis's redacted university. Art is also I'm online. I just so, said Beach Boy. <laughs> Oh, sorry. All right, so Ellis. <laughs> Keep redacted, though. Yeah, Ellis, Rutgers, and Jeremy. You know, you know Jeremy. Uh, we're all looking for a house to live in for the fall semester, and it's called Phi Slamma Jeremy. And a little history for you non-history sports fans. There are two great big men. Oh, okay, go on. At the University of Houston, Ralph Sampson and uh, Akeem Olajuwon. And they were known as Phi Slamma Gemma, and I thought that was pretty clever. It's pretty clever. It's pretty. It funny. was pretty clever. Ellis, how about you? You got any funny stories this week? Um, I don't. <laughs> no. Your face. <laughs> got it. Been- um, no. I've been. I went to the beach today. I've been doing a lot of homework, particularly Russian, just because. Ellis, good. let's see that beach body. Let's not. It's a podcast. It can't really not a lot of weightlifting. For all you listeners, Ellis just showed off his six pack. Just give us a little flash. It looks great, Ellis. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, I shot off my six-pack. Yeah, it was fun. I don't know, nothing, nothing really exciting happening here. I mean, I'm at home. I'm chilling. We're looking for a new house and all the houses on CERN, as Dan said. The name is not Pi Slam and Jeremy. We're getting it imprinted if we do get a house. That is. So. We're not going to give you the address because, you know, all our fans. That is. That's the name. Speaking of – no, I, I know. I said the name is CERN. I said the house isn't. The name is, though. Certain, and we're not going to tell you the address because we have all our friends. Oh, okay, I see. I see. Speaking of our fans, shout out to our one fan that's probably a bot in France. I've wanted to say this for like five episodes, but yeah. we have. Thank you for listening. To we everybody. love bots. We love bots. <laughs> keep us going. What if he's like not a bot? So like, if you're not a bot, we're really sorry. We're just we're please really, reach out. No, like, if you're not a bot, we have you know, hit us up on any. But one of to our be fair, those are that's pretty. Tells us in the end. Like, we'll, we'll give you a little shout-out in French. I know a little French. Our friend in it, Max in Canada, knows a little French. So we'll give you a shout-out in Francois. Yeah, dude, thanks for listening to every single one of our episodes. Now, and see, thanks for – we've kind of blown up recently. To be fair, it's pretty, bot, it's pretty bot-like activity, if we're being honest. Yeah, hey. we listen to our podcast over and over. Just kidding. Our podcast <laughs> great. We've blown up recently. Almost at 1,100 views now. Let's get us to 1,500 by five episodes. That's definitely not going to happen, but – but let's try. We didn't. We didn't make our goal of a million by last week. No, you said Tuesday, so we still have a day. Oh, oh Tuesday, bet. All right, I have some funny stories to tell. I've been playing clarinet till three in the morning, receiving a lot of death threats here at William and Mary. I've introduced Jeff, my roommate, to Young Gravy. If you haven't listened to Young Gravy, he's an avid listener of this podcast and one of our sponsors. So please go listen to him. <laughs> song out called the Yup, and I showed it to Jeff and. For context, Jeff is not a, a person that would normally listen to Young Gravy, but he thought Young Gravy was excellent. So, Young Gravy, want to try, try getting on his podcast? podcast? 
Young Gravy, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Um, I'm about to DM him. DMs. I'm about to DM him, Tom. Tom, come Why on. Why not? <laughs> Might as well. All right. So Actually, let's I, feel, I feel very intimidated amongst like an idol like him, so I'm kind of scared. All right, we'll, you know. we'll, we'll see if we want to reach out to our we'll, sponsor, Young Gravy. Who we'll we discuss. All, I mean, he is, a, he is our sponsor. I know, but we, but he's not coming on, and you know I'm a little intimidated among it. I, it's one thing talking like online, but you know, oh, on we video, probably need to pay him. Yeah, I, mm, I see. I don't know, man. It's he scares me a little. Worth, we're not worth the promo anyway. Uh, new song, go check it out. Jeff loved it, so you'd love it too. Let's talk about some sports now. Uh, Steve Nash is the new head coach for the Nets. Going to be really interesting to see. Daniel, what do you think of this move? Uh, yeah, it's an interesting move. I mean. To have a coach, you know, I think when you have two guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who, you know, big egos, superstars, they, there's a good chance they'll respond to someone who they see as an equal or was an equal in talent-wise. And Steve Nash, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards ever, I think that's someone who could get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving to focus for at least a season. And, you know, I mean – it's, there's such a wild card with Durant coming back from injury and Kyrie, you never know what that guy's up to. But I think it's a good fit. I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Steve Nash, one of my favorite people to watch. He's actually also an excellent soccer player, if you guys have ever seen him. Um, he reminds me a lot of myself, you know, that versatility, that skill. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Ellis, what do you think of this move? I actually really like it. Steve Nash – well, people are like, wow, this came out of nowhere. It really didn't because he's been a coach, assistant coach for the Warriors for a long time, which helps because, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, very interesting. Both of them very interesting egos, both kind of, you know, loco. So, so he, but he's already worked with Kevin Durant for a long time. He knows them. They're friends. Um, he's also worked with um, – I mean, he hasn't worked with Kyrie, but he's worked with, like, you know, the power dynamic in Golden State, which was always very interesting. So – so I think you can, I think the biggest thing with coaching the Nets is the power dynamic, not even the coaching. You have great players. Uh, a good coach will get them to do well, but the power dynamic and shifting, like handling personalities, something I Steve mean, Kerr. And I think Steve are, Nash is good at that. Yeah, the Nets are also like pretty good. What do you know about year. power, Ellis? <laughs> <laughs> He's calling you weak. Um, anyway. I get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought the Nets were really good this year. Dinwiddie looked great. Jared Allen's always making some highlight blocks, their plays. So, I don't know. I, I really like the, the coaching move. I think he's a chance to take him to the next level. And, you know, having two superstars not really at the top of their game. Is well, yeah. I will say the biggest thing with the Nets is it seems that we'll bring them down is their chemistry, not their yeah, players. Exactly. So, I feel like C. Nash is a good fix for that. Because he's ever, like, no one has had a bad word for him, you know? You no, know, no, kind, of, kind of ironic. I feel like, yeah, he's a, he's a likable – He's a likable guy, laid back. Yeah. I think that's someone that when you have two guys like that, you really don't need to be hands on. You kind of just need to let them play. Oh, yeah, that's game. what I'm saying. I like I like the hire because of that. No, but I, I think it actually has a potential yeah. to be pretty similar to one of Steve Nash's team. It has a potential to be very similar to the 2012 2011 um, Lakers in that there are so many good players, but you saw a complete lack of chemistry, and they just got knocked out by the first round by a really good Spurs team. But that yeah, talent was. But- I don't know. That talent was out of the league, but, but they that, still that's, didn't that's manage to go. So I, I really hope that Nash learned from his mistakes as a player and as a coach can kind of take it to a different level. Let's talk about the Yankees and the Celtics, two different teams. But let's start off with the Yankees. Daniel, you didn't get in on our uh, why do the Yankees suck so much last week. So I'm going to give you the floor this week. Let's see what happens. Okay. Well, you want to talk about a train wreck. 
you want to talk about a dumpster fire, that is the 2020 New York Yankees. Basically, everything that can go wrong has go wrong, with the exception of Luke Foy. Got to give him credit. He's a good hitter. All right, actually, it's mostly, look, we know the Yankees were going to have trouble with the back end of their rotation, and that's even amplified with James Paxton getting hurt. But when Garrett Cole has an ERA near four, and the bullpen's been up and down, they, they just, as we speak, they have a 10-run inning. Ottavino now has an ERA over seven. And then you talk about the lineup. When Glaber Torres, 38 home runs last year, extremely ineffective. Well, he was injured. And on the, he's been, he's, hey, let him he's ran, Dallas. But he's also been extremely ineffective. Gary Sanchez, what is going on with him? I don't think anybody has drawn the ire of Yankees fans quite like him. Judge is hurt again. Stanton's hurt again. Aaron Hicks is under. All these guys who came up clutch last year, like Mike Talkman, Gio Urshela, thank you. He's playing well. He's playing well. He's been playing okay, but there's some clear regression. All the guys who came in last year and had crazy years and were able to keep the Yankees at a 100-win pace, they've showed regression, and these same injuries have happened. And now the Yankees are just two games up on a playoff spot, which is unimaginable in a 60-game season when there's 16 teams in the playoffs. I mean, it's just embarrassing. What do you think, Ellis? It's definitely embarrassing. I will say this in terms of winning the World Series and stuff, because that's always the goal for the Yankees. It can still happen because of the way the MLB playoffs are set. If they get into the playoffs and they get in a hot streak, like look at the Phillies. The Phillies are a good example. And look at the Yankees. The Yankees started off extremely hot. Phillies are extremely cold. Phillies were like two, two, three wins, nine losses, or some crap like that. And the Yankees were like opposite, nine wins, three losses. In 60-game series – Hot streaks and cold streaks are amplified even more, especially in Yankees. Hot streaks and cold streaks are already amplified by the crazy fans, me being one of them. But but in a 60-game series, sorry, 60-game season, they're amplified triple. So if they can uh, gut out of this and make the playoffs, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the whole thing. That said, I mean, it's not – it's But this it's, team isn't just – they're just such a mess. Okay, fair enough. But, like, they weren't, they weren't a mess in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? All of them are hit. They, their whole team is in a no, bad slump and a bad route. But in a 160-game se- series season, I keep on saying series season, that happens. This happens. But it's amplified by Yankees fans and the fact that the fact that it's 60 games. I'm worried as a Yankees fan, but I don't think it's the end all end of the world. I'm worried enough. Now you have to turn all these guys coming back. If Jay's Paxton doesn't come back significantly sharper – than he was before he got injured, the Yankees are in serious, serious trouble. I know they have Tanaka, but with Garrett Cole not being – really, he's not been an ace. He's not been what the Yankees signed and paid yeah, all that money that, to. True, so, but he hasn't been bad. He's been very good. So you need someone else to step up, and I know you got Tanaka, and he's been up and down, but there's just – I just don't think there's enough pitching. I'm not denying it doesn't look good. I'm not denying it doesn't look good at all. In fact, it looks extremely bad. They they'll, make the, they'll make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs, but they're just – they're not set up for a run. And I, I I think they have – see, that's why I, I think at the moment they're, they're, like, floundering and, like, they're drowning in the water, but I think they have the pieces still to get hot again and make a run. I think they have it in yeah, their definitely. possibilities. But it's if the pieces get healthy. And, and I'll tell you this. If Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez are playing the way they're playing in October, I'm not worried about Glaber this is Torres. a significantly, le- significantly less frightening line. Ellis, why are you worried about Glaber Torres? Because two years, really played really well. He gets injured for most of the series. He's been back, what, four games and has struggled? 
come on. I, I, I don't buy that Glaber Torres. Sanchez, way more worried about. Still scared about Sanchez. I, I, I actually still have faith in him, but he's proving me very wrong. Glaber Torres, I'm not worried about. He came back from injury. He played what? He played 10 games, and then he got injured, and now he's played four. And this, by the way, his 10 games, he was not bad. He was just average. He wasn't a star. But, you know, it's 10 games. And then the four he's in back, he's in bad. But it's four games. It's baseball. Come on. It's not – It's not to say Glaber Torres is struggling is not fair. Injury, sure, but struggling I mean, has been disingenuous. Yeah, but I'm worried about him being healthy and being oh, at 100%. Well, but that's, that's, that's a fair thing. I know he's a good player. I know he's that's a good always, player. That's always a problem. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's something to do with their back room. I don't know. Maybe unlucky, maybe because they assigned all these crazy players. Well, Judge and Stanton are just – they're, they're going to break down. But it's not just, but it's not just Judge and Stanton, is my point. But so I don't know what's going on no, with not. them. I don't think anyone knows what's going on with them. But this is a consistent injury. Health has a, been a consistent but, problem for these new Yankees. Like, if you look at the app, like, I was just looking through the app. I know averages isn't everything, but they I was saw, looking through oh, the averages saw, of the no, Yankees lineup. And it's LeMahieu at 380, and then everybody's 270 year below. And, like, besides Floyd, everybody's way below that. Like, Gardner is he is even hitting 200. I'm not, um, I'm not sure, but it's not good. No, no, I'm not doubting the Yankees no, really are talking right now. It's really bad. It's becoming more of an if and if, but I mean, they got to get healthy. That's, that's, that's the first thing. And I don't know why all I, I judge and stand, I get, but it's not just judge and stand. And, I don't know why this is two years in a row. Someone's got to go with this organization. I like Boone. Right, let me make one. Let me ask you one question. One more question. Who's a better? Who's better set up for a run in October? Right, the Blue Jays or the Yankees? Run in October. Um, yeah. If mm, see, I want to say the Blue Jays, but but if the Yankees get healthy, the Yankees have. I would I'd give a higher chance still for the Yankees to win the World Series. Now I'll say that. Yeah, I can see how the because Yankees of, because of their potential. But they, not they, okay. Here's the thing: the Yankees have such a high ceiling, but such a low floor. True. Okay. Well, I guess that's my point. That's what I've been arguing that they're at their okay. they're at their lowest floor right now, and they might stay there. I'm not saying they won't stay there, but there's still there's still a ceiling in a 60 game season. If yeah, it's lose, not over, but it's not good. Yeah. No. Oh, we agree on that, yeah. All right, I'm going to wrap this conversation up. I've been so bored talking about baseball. You know how bad they are, how good they are. It's like lawnmower condition. Like, it's bad. It's good. Who cares? <laughs> All right, that show's played out. I mean, you... to the Celtics, they just won another playoff game. They're up 3 2 in the series against the Raptors. Daniel, as our uh, resident Boston fan, I mean, I can respect Boston. Ellis hates them for some reason, but I don't know. I think they've been doing pretty well. Um, you know, Tatum and they just have players that can get hot and score. And I don't know. I have a lot of appreciation for that. So, Daniel, take us away. What's going on with this, uh, with these Celtics? Why are they so good this year? Yeah, well, mostly – I don't want to talk about this year. I want to talk about since the bubble. Because they were very – they are kind of up and down before this season. You know, you had a Gordon Hayward injury. You had – you know, you have a lot of different pieces that they're trying to fit together. But since they got in the bubble, it's been all systems go. And they looked like – world beaters their first six games in the playoffs then og uh and obi and and obi og and obi og and and og and anobi <laughs> yeah it's not anna you, you got it, you got it. Right. it's close it's it's a-n-u-o and uobi like it's a it's just quick you and obi okay yeah so they looked like they're going to go g anunobi it's a game winning three Yo, Dale, Dale, you know, you know where people take the meat. Where do people take the meat? Yeah, they take it to the butcher. You know what you did to OJ Onobi's name? You took it to the butcher. What? Just keep going. You took it to the butcher. You butchered his name. 
that, that was, that was a very stupid. corny joke, but I have a funny story now, or real quick. My dad right, took let's a, hear it. last podcast. My dad took offense to your Swiss cheese joke because apparently Swiss cheese is a hard cheese, not a soft cheese. It is a hard cheese. So, so the joke was, I, I get it, but the joke, you got, you got, you're not pleasing the fans. Anyway, anyway, go on. Sorry, Steve Gordon. Hi. So, so the Celtics look like they're going up three zero, and with the Bucks going down three, also. Bucks going down 3-0. Celtics look like an easy path to the finals. Then the OG hit a game-winning three. Then the Celtics came out in game four, and they couldn't hit anything. And all of a sudden, we're tied at two. And game five was earlier today, and the Celtics came out swinging. And the great thing about the Celtics is that, oh, they absolutely dominated. Uh, Raptors scored 11 points in the first quarter. It was over, like, seven minutes into the game. Like, and you can't say that very often about a basketball game. But the great thing with the Celtics is that they have so many different guys who can beat you. You know, usually when you look at the box score, it's not one guy scoring 45, everybody else scoring 10. They have three, they have three guys who averaged over 20 points a game. And the big problem with game four was that Kemba took eight shots and Jalen Brown couldn't hit anything. So when you have all – look, when the Celtics have Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, and Jason Tatum – not, all not to mention going Marcus, off. Marcus Smart's also yeah, been really Marcus good. Yeah, Marcus Smart. I'm just saying the big three, when they're all having – when they're all sharp and they're all having good games making shots, you can't beat them. You can't. I, I will say – It's about getting them everybody that touches. I will say – I don't want to talk about this too much because, like, we talked about this a bit, like, before. But, um, but yeah, no, Dan's totally right. If I was a betting man, I'd bet Celtics make the finals – I don't know if they're a fully complete team yet. They've definitely taken a big step in the bubble. Not not complete roster-wise, but complete in development-wise. They just need a good center. Um, that's, that's it. I will say. But Daniel, Daniel Tice has been playing. He's been playing Daniel well. Tice has been they playing just, very well. If they take it a good center, then they can. I think, they'd be, I think they'll be the Raptors in seven. I think the Heat pose a more problem than Daniel. Oh, my God. The Heat are if, if the Heat beat the Bucs, which I think they will. But, but um, it's just – I just don't think – are the Heat it. any better than the Raptors? They, are they? No, but they can. They can. I mean, the thing. Well, the thing I noticed about playing the Raptors is the Raptors don't have one guy who's gonna like, who scares you when they have the ball scoring. It's scoring the ball wise. Sure. Like, there's he nobody who's like, oh, he don't really have that. Like, oh, but he's Butler score. maybe, but like, not like Not who score, doesn't have that though. The Heat. Not yeah, as Jimmy score. Butler, but yeah, Jimmy. I mean, they're a good team. There's a reason why they're up on the Bucks three one, but. When you talk about the Sixers, going yeah. through the Sixers, sweeping them with Joel yeah. Embiid. If I was a betting man, I would. the Raptors, the defending champs, it's just the Heat don't seem like – I want to compare it – baseball comparison, it's like when the Red Sox beat the Yankees who had 103 wins and the Astros who had 100-something wins and then played the Dodgers in the World Series. The Dodgers were a good team, but it's just it, – it doesn't seem as threatening as the other when you went through the other two. Yeah, no, oh, I, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean – we, again, we talked about this a good amount last episode, but I just don't – the Celtics are a good team. That's, that's pretty much where it's at. I, I can't really argue it. They, Jason Tatum is really good. They're a well-built team. Good job by Danny Ainge. But I actually also, since I'm admitting to Boston, I also have to admit I was wrong to you again, Fox. We talked about this a bit on text, but I want to put it out to the podcast. I know you're so happy now. Um, my Josh Allen take, I'm taking it back. Um, so Wait, I said Josh Allen. Josh Allen take. So, so my – but the bet's still on. The bet's still on, though. The bet's still on. I fair. I, I got caught up in three things with Josh Allen. Personal sentiment, because he was a steal last year for me. What Josh Allen represents, which I still believe in, which I'll explain in a second. And what Josh Allen 
and his optics, as in his situation, which is admittedly much better. Josh Allen was the eighth QB last year in fantasy football. Great finish, got him in the end of the round. His his situation only got better, worse defenses, better offense, and his um and so and so his what his ideal is a cheap quarterback that that you can get that'll produce a top ten performance. Which by the way, my track record has shown I've drafted not not in our friends draft, but in our father son draft, I've drafted a quarterback now second to last or last every time I've never not gone a top ten quarterback. So my record is there. Um, sure, I'm arrogant, yes, but I, I do feel like my record shows that I know what I'm doing when I'm picking quarterback. But I will, <laughs> I will say, I'm taking it back on Josh Allen. Here's why. So I was, I was doing a bit fantasy research just because I'm a nerd and I kind of wanted to do more drafts. So I was doing some research into stuff, and I saw Josh Allen had nine rushing touchdowns. And so here comes here's the crux of Josh and why people are calling out for him to be a bust. Well, one, it's his talent. People don't think he's that good. I think he's better than people give him credit for. But we don't have to even talk about that right now. Um, he had nine rushing touchdowns. That's unsustainable. That's completely unsustainable. Some running backs don't get that. I mark him for about four rushing touchdowns to five, which means to match his pace, and I mark him for a little bit more interceptions since he's going to be airing it out more. So give him, what, four more interceptions? Dan thinks he's going to have six more interceptions, but whatever, four to six, we can, we can argue. Um, this is not really arguable. And then five more rushing touchdowns. To replace that production, he needs – 300 yards and six more passing touchdowns or five more passing touchdowns. The six and five passing touchdowns being key because what's really important is that it's still Josh Allen. And people don't think he can throw touchdowns, even with Diggs. We'll see if Diggs helps him with his long ball throw. It really depends if you believe on Josh Allen can get you 300 yards and six more touchdowns this year. I think there's a possibility for it, but I think it's less so – it's less, it's less take it to the bank than I was describing before because, because his talent is rather lackluster this far into his NFL career. But I still hold my position on two things. If Josh Allen can take a step up in play, he will be a good fantasy QB because of his situation, and situation is extremely important for quarterbacks. Two, quarterbacks still don't matter in, the, in fantasy drafts, and you still should be looking at quarterbacks. My new favorite quarterback that's replacing Josh Allen – Oreo fight. I drafted him in our father son league, top ten. I'm, I, I'm that's my replacement. The, by the way, the bet's still on. I'm a man of my word. The bet'll still be on, so I'm rooting for Josh Allen. But in the father son league, which which I've never not picked a top ten QB or a, a QB one rather, should I say? I picked um, I picked Daniel Jones for upside. Though I don't actually think I think it'll bust because his week, first five weeks is awful. But I my my new man is as always said Matthew Stafford is going to be a top ten QB this year. I, I actually strongly believe that. But even if it's not Matthew Stafford. There are plenty of late round QBs that you can take. And so Matthew Stafford, no. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's on Ellis, Ellis, I said this to you that my problem is not what you took that you took a late round QB. Like if you took Jared Goff, who I believe was still on the board, like I think that's a good pick. It's just that you took Josh Allen. And I just am so low on Josh Allen because maybe it's just watching him play the Patriots and just being woefully unimpressed. But it's just he, he, when you don't throw, when you're not accurate, when you don't have a high completion percentage and you don't throw the deep ball well, like what is there? I know he's a good runner, but I just don't see yeah, – he yeah. has a strong arm. But unless he you takes really a major try. step forward with his accuracy, I just don't see any, any upside. You really don't trust his talent, and I actually do more than you, but, I, but from nothing has shown that he has it, I will say no, no stat is my personal opinion. Nothing has shown that he has that talent. 
based on his two years in the league. And so that's why I agree with you. Josh Allen has big bust potential. But it's not, it's not even a talent thing. I think he's extremely talented, obviously. He has a huge arm. He, he, he hasn't shown yeah. NFL production. I'm not talking about that. He has NFL production. Yeah, I mean, I, think I'm sorry. I, I concede the best still on, of course, because, you know, meant to my word, but but – but I can see that I can see Josh Allen being a bust. Matt, Matt, hop on the Matthew Stafford train. That's my new guy. Yeah. Look, I'm rooting for all these guys to beat Josh Allen. Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, Jared Goff, all these guys. Joe because Burrow. Josh Allen is not going to be a top ten in terms of passing. We can all agree on that. Oh, so true. It's going to come down to how much he runs and yeah. how many and how um, productive. You know the guys who don't ahead, like just ahead of him that I in, mentioned. In my defense, yeah, passing the ball. Yeah, in my defense, I will say the situation for Josh Allen, I still think is phenomenal. So he's going to win the division. They're going to win the division. Though. The, 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 sorry, the fantasy situation is phenomenal. I think it now comes down to Josh Allen's talent, and I mean, and we can move on from there. That's really yeah. all. Okay. Now we're going to move on to a new segment in our podcast. It's it's yeah, the episode. It's going to be called. Danny off the bench for Danny will deliver us with some hot takes. Danny, hit us with some of them. And me and Ori will dispute them or not. Probably dispute them. Probably dispute them. And welcome to Danny off the bench. Look how happy he is. He's never had his own segment. Brought to you by Pitbull. You don't need to speak Spanish to dominate this segment. (laughs) So, how does this segment work, you might ask? I'm going to be throwing out some hot takes, just whatever comes to mind. And you know me, I'm a pretty controversial person with a lot of strong opinions. So I'm just going to be throwing out some, whatever I feel I think uh, might, you know, cause a stir. I feel like, here's my hot take. Phillip Rivers will be benched for Jacoby Brissett in the first half of the season. Whoa, whoa, that was was not exciting. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> explain. Explain yourself, Dan. Explain? Yeah, why? All right. So the only person I'm lower on than Josh Allen is Philip Rivers. And Philip Rivers wasn't that strong arm to begin with. Um, but age has really taken its toll. And look, I also think high, pretty highly of Jacoby Brissett. I think he's, you know, he's not ever going to be a pro bowler, but he's a solid game manager. And you could win a division with – uh, with Jacoby Brissett, especially when you have the running backs that they do in Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. And Philip Rivers is now going into his age 39 season. He went 5-11 and last year. He threw 23 touchdowns, 20 picks. He, and Chargers, Chargers still asked him to do a lot, throw nearly 600 times. And he did have a 66% completion percentage, but there's nothing down the field. There is no, just no big play opportunity with him because he just doesn't have the arm left. Philip Rivers right. is throwing at least one uh, one touchdown for every kid he has. Like, that's been confirmed already by NFL Insider. So, um, I know he's at least throwing 27 touchdowns this year, so I'm not worried about him at all. Um, Ellis, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think his Patriots bias is clouding him. Jacoby Brissett's a very average QB. No, I'm not, why would I be biased against Philip Rivers? Why would I be biased You're biased for Jacoby Brissett. But I will say, I will say, Philip Rivers, you're right. He said – he didn't have the tools. In Indianapolis, he has the tools. He's not a bad QB. He can be – he has the line. He has the receivers. He has the running back. They don't have to have him chuck it up every single play. He doesn't need to throw the deep ball, right, as accurate as well as before. He has the line. He's not, he's not getting – especially in that weak division, 
he's not getting benched. He's not getting benched. He's he's going to go throughout the. I'm not saying he's going to have the great season, but they know what they hey, have. Daniel, I don't know why you're so high on Jacoby Brissett. I mean, the man. He's have you average. ever seen him throw a football? He's average. He's bang average. And they're and they're not going to bench. Year, Jacoby, they're not going to bench Philip Rivers for Jacoby Brissett because Jacoby Brissett's average. Philip Rivers has more upside. First off, first off, Jacoby Brissett had as good a passer rating as Philip Rivers did last year. Halfway through the season, are five and three. Or actually, I said before the half of the season. So let's say they're four and three, right? Running backs are doing well. D.Y. Hilton looks healthy. Defense is playing out of their mind. But Phillip Rivers is just clearly a liability. And you have Jacoby Brissett, who wasn't spectacular last year, but wasn't spectacular last year, but did lead them to a 7-8 and eight record. And yes, did throw 18 and touchdowns against six picks. Yeah, 7-8 uh, record, which isn't bad. And now they have more weapons around him. So that's picks, a 10-win ceiling. He doesn't throw picks, but that doesn't make him a good quarterback, in my opinion. No, but with a team with as much offensive talent as the Colts have, I think I don't know, it's that that's talent. what they like, need, no. as opposed to Philip Rivers turning Hilton, the ball over. Pittman, line, best line in the NFL. And best line? In the NFL, 100%. The best guard, and they're the best line in the NFL. They're, the Colts line is stacked, and now, now they have Jonathan Taylor and Marvin Mack. They start off with the Jaguars, so that's going to give them an easy win off the bat. But, like, yeah, he, everything's there for his success. Could go to another hot take. I, that was – go on. I guess it's hot take. So fair that was a really good hot take. That was. It might not be accurate. All right. But, with another one off the bench. All right. Well, the breakout QB of this season will be – It's going to be Joe Burrow because he still has acne. Good one. <laughs> dad joke, dad joke. No, it's going to be Drew Locke with the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Why? Actually, that's Why? good. That's good. Daniel's that's been good clearly been spending way too much time in Denver to think that, that Drew Locke is going to be a quarterback. No, no. I no, actually like the hot take I think, a lot. Yeah, I think um, he's got two wide receivers just waiting for him in Cortland Sutton and Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy. They have Philip Lindsay, who's a good runner. There's pieces around him. Melvin Gordon. And I just, you know, and Melvin Gordon, exactly. Pretty good. Seven touchdowns, three picks, 64% completion percentage. And now you have Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon. I mean, the- also good line. Another good line. No, good line. I mean, he's not saying I'll give you one thing that will stop him from breaking out. But I think, I truly think all the pieces are there. Now it's just up to his talent. Do you believe in his talent or not? You know, you know, LA has his fetish for his tall white QBs. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is LA's dream. Good talent. Good spot, tall white QB. Let's see if LA's right. This LA's banking on this. Now, here's the problem. Big problem. Because, you know, as a Giant fan, this coach hits close to heart. Who's their offensive coordinator? I'll tell you. Pat Shermer. I will give him credit that uh, Pat Shermer is the wor- one of the worst head coaches everywhere he goes. But he seems to have been really good in the offensive, offensive coordinator time after time. So maybe that's actually good for him because Pat Shermer just seems to – I don't know. I think Pat Shermer just wanted to go to Denver to smoke his troubles away after the Giants season. Maybe. But, but that's, a, that's a downgrade for him. But I think everything is there for Drew Locke to have a breakout campaign. All right. Sounds good. Drew Locke, young boy, has acne, breaks out. Sounds like a plan. Daniel, what do you have? I have one more hot take. Let's the hear. Cardinals – Lead the NFL in points. That's not a hot take. Come on. Nipsey yeah, hot. That is. I don't see that happening. That's a pretty hot take. Nipsing. I have not seen anything out of Kyler Murray. They're going to play so fast-paced. Kyler and the defense Murray is so bad really that every team. game's going to be 40 to 
35 or something like that. Yeah, no, I see that. That That's plausible. Um, all right, and Daniel, you want to give us your final and most famous hot take? No, we're not talking about that. I, I want to have respect for... Daniel, uh, let's hear know. it. Let's hear it. No. No, I want to have respect for Daniel, our let's hear it. community. Our listeners in the no. 305 can make up their mind for themselves. Okay, let's that's, hear the hot that take. took it too far. That's enough. What? The 305 is Miami. I know, but I'll give it. All I'll right, give, then I'll, I, I will read hot takes. Hot takes that we've heard over and over again. Does Mr. Worldwide, Bald Mama himself, Pitbull, speak Spanish? Yes or no? Daniel I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, conflicting takes on this. I mean, I think uh, I think it's only I feel like the New York Times had an article earlier this year. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I saw one in the Princeton Review as well. Yeah. Good day. I mean, the CDC, everybody's been talking about it. <laughs> I will say, here's what I'll say. Here's my hot takes. Ready? First hot takes a fantasy football hot take. Antonio Gibson is a running back one. What? Who's, who is that? Well, oh, the Redskins. Obviously. The Redskins, they just cut him. They That's just not cut. a hot take. When you have Peterson cut, I mean, when you have, yeah, Peterson. He never cut. had an NFL snap, and he's sharing the backfield with still three other people. How is that not a hot take? A top 10 RB? Seriously? A top 10 RB? That's not a hot take? A top 10 RB? Come on. That's a hot take. Anyway. Oh, you said he's a ten, top 10 RB. I thought you just said he's going to get the majority no, of the snaps. No, a top 10 fantasy RB. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's going to get the – Oh, okay. Like, that's, that's pretty hot. That's pretty hot take hot two. Hot take two. Brady sucks because in this <laughs> first year, there's a lot of picks. And here's why. Here's why. That sounds here's less why. like a hot take and more of a New York platitude, Ellis. No. Like, no one has – and I get it's Brady, so, you know, you know everyone – Brady bucks every trend. But no one has – no QB, including Big Ben, I guess not comparable, has ever done good in – Bruce Arian system for the first year, and they always have second-year breakouts. James Winston, every single it's quarterback. It's Tom Brady. Okay. Well, Who cares? Hence my hot care. take. Hence my hot take. They've thrown every well, single – I don't care. Every single I don't care about your up, hot take. Every single quarterback up to this point has thrown career picks with Bruce Arians under his first year. I think Brady will too. Who throws his career picks? Oh. Um, Carson, Carson Palmer. Palmer. Big oh. Ben. Yeah. Oh, I can yeah. bring up less Jameis, but I'll bring up more QBs. Bruce Arians. Head All right, so you're talking about a pass his prime Carson Palmer. No, no, no. You have no, not pass. James you're, Winston. You're after the year year two, he put up his best season, so definitely not past his prime. Definitely not. This is just a sack. Uh, Every quarterback under Bruce Arians has, has struggled his first year. It's a complicated year. system. It's a great offense. Right. I'm not saying way. Brady won't struggle uh, because it's Brady, so he might. But I'm and another so one. That's not that, a hot take because you're not you're walking back. Now you're walking back. No, I'm saying so no, now you're I'm, an idiot and a back. No, no, no. I'm saying it will happen. I'm just it's a hot take. So beta male. It's a hot. This is a beta male. No, it's a hot. This is a beta male. I'm just saying Tom Brady. I can see people arguing Tom Brady can buck this walk, trend. Walk, walk. I'm acknowledging both sides. Tom Brady can buck this trend because it's Tom Brady, but no one has up to this point. And my third hot take. Ready. Giants make the wild card spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's why. Here's why. Listen, it's a hot take. I'm a Giants fan. I'm, why not? Why not? Why not? Thank you. Why not? If, if you believe anything happened. But listen, running back, Saquon, top five RB in the league. <laughs> offensive line, average. Up, <laughs> offensive line, average, but better than it was before. Daniel Jones, Eli Manning 2.0. Ready? Wide receiver core. 
Evan Ingram, Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, not shabby. Everyone, no one's denying that the Giants have a very promising offense. Now, what I'm here to argue is their defense isn't as bad as it seems. O'Shea is Jimes, whatever you call him. I can't pronounce his name either. But um, he, their line sucks, but he doesn't. They're, they're, they're sorry, their sacking line. But their run block line, Dexter Lawrence, not, not as bad as people think. O.J. Jimes, who had like seven, six sacks last year. They're, Ellis, your main, your main points here rely on not as bad as people think. Yes, but, but people think they're going to be abysmal. <laughs> and can you shout out Joe Judge? Can you shout out Joe Judge, please? Yeah, Joe Judge is great. Also, they're secondary. Even though, you know, DeAndre Baker. You know, they're buying in. But, yeah, McKinney, Love, these are good – this is a good secondary. Better so than how's Eli Apple doing? All that? I'm saying is – shush. All I'm saying <laughs> is – all I'm saying is that their defense just has to be slightly below average and their offense has to be Ellis, dynamite. do you know what happens if you happen. put your hand on a hot stove? You burn. You get burnt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. does that every every game. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. It's a hot Definitely take. Definitely a hot take. Wait, did I, you see the report that like did you see the report that like um the uh Giants players are so like um they're buying in so much that they run their own laps when they make mistakes? That's why I like to say accountability. I know Joe Judge. I like Joe Judge I, I guess, so far. I guess they're all going to be marathon runners by the end of the season. And one last, and one last, one last hot take. One last hot take. Titans go nine. They're seven. running all the way to the wild card. Titans go nine and seven what? for fifth year. Titans go nine seven for fifth year in a row. That's my hot takes. That's, that's really it. not hot. That's that's really the, not hot. That's the joke. What, what would people expect? But but but, but that's the joke, oh. Daniel. It's not hot. Oh, you did you not catch? I got, con- I got confused. I got confused because it wasn't funny. You get so, confused. You get confused. Oh my God! Damn, Ellis, you took your life. Definitely not taking my life. He gets confused a lot. <laughs> are, the, are, are the Red Sox good? Is Chris Sale going to come back from injury? I think not. You get confused. at least we didn't pay three hundred thirty million dollars for a guy. At least, we, at least Yankees fans don't have a little brother. All right, all right. No, 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 no. Let me respond. At least the Yankees fans don't have a little brother complex for the rest of their life. Like the Red Sox. <laughs> You're always – I didn't even bring up the Yankees. You brought up the Red Sox first. Daddy, daddy, can I – Please, that's a Red Sox fan to a Yankees fan. Sure, kid, have some. Are we, we going to keep and, that? And then sometimes yeah, – we'll Sometimes Red Sox fans bites a little, you know, and that, that's when they get a little feisty. You got to – you got to – you got to – a little. That, that's what a Yankees fan is in Red Sox. <laughs> the Tigers fan is the – It's going to be so fun when you the lose Kansas. the 8C to the Tigers. That's fine. It's going to be so fun. But, but, but guess what? You're still a little bro boy. You're still a little boy in the relationship. You get your ass whooped every time. You're still a little boy in the Alice, relationship. Alice, I've played you in basketball. I know who's the little boy. Oh, it's getting personal now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, and then who wins in basketball? Me. Remember when you were up 20 nothing and you won 21-11? Sure, you won, but, like, it was 11-1. to one, and I, got I was taking it easy on you. I'm like, oh, this guy is so weak. I got I to gotta let him have something. Bro, the only thing slipperier than you when you're sweaty is a freaking eel. It's literally my joke. I said that about Jacob. <laughs> no, I Jacob's said Jacob's sticky. like a seal out Jacob's of water, a, and you're no. just like, oh, let me take away the S and make it my own. <laughs> no, yeah, because you're, you're wrong. Jacob's sticky, but you, you you're freaking slippery. That's, only time oh, that's better. That's better, because sticky is like, what's that? When you take your shirt off. Yeah. It's the only time you score, ever. Wonder why. That's not true, though. But that's not true, though. Shut up. Suck, suck all your Oh my god, relax. Alright, now for a wacky sport of the week. This one's for Ori. So, Ori mentioned to me that he was 
he was playing rugby, which for the first time ever. So, how how about how about nude rugby for a racket sport of the week? Oh I my like god, I feel like it's only fair. And Willie and Mary, that Willie and Mary, that's just called rugby. <laughs> oh god, I don't. All right, Ellis. I, I hear about this nude rugby and William and Mary. It's just called the rugby. But I wanna, I wanna introduce a new, new sport. It's, uh, it's actually been tradition for hundreds of years at William and Mary. But I'm hijacking Ellis's podcast to give us a little bit of a, a shout out. It's called the triathlon. One, you jump off the wall of the Governor's Palace in Colonial Williamsburg, or run through the maze in the Governor's Palace in Colonial Williamsburg. Governor's Palace in Colonial Williamsburg is off limits, so this is an illegal activity. Participate at your own risk. Two, you swim naked across the Crimdell, which is one of the most disgusting bodies of water we have here in Virginia. Remember, Virginia is a swamp, and we have to swim across the swamp and get on these two towels, which are absolutely disgusting. Three, we have to streak across the sunken gardens naked. Um, this is at midnight, all freshmen do it. I've maybe or maybe not engaged in this already. I can't say it. And this, is called, and this is called William & Mary Triathlon? It's William & Mary Triathlon. And well, thanks. So now we have two. This is a special day then. We have two, we have two, um, two Wacky Sport of the Week. Anyway, let me finish my Wacky Sport of the Week so we can wrap, make it a, a awesome double. So, yeah, so this is called the New Rugby International, and it's held in Dundon, New Zealand, every single year. Um, so it's before their actual rugby season starts off, kind of like a kickoff rugby season, but like, you know, without clothes. And, you know, it's a serious competition and it's been being held since 2002, the date of my birth. And, and, and actually they, they, they go so far as, baby. they go so far as, to, they go so far as to call themselves even the nude blacks as instead of the New Zealand blacks. And, and they're usually made up of Otago university students, which is a university in the region. So um yeah oh whoa wait it, what the hell what it hosted a tournament in 2011 that was its peak it's kind of dwindled out ever since then oh wait oh no it it, it disbanded in 2016 oh well well that was short-lived yay but so yeah so our two wax for the weeks are new rugby international and the women married, married triathlon and with that i think now it's time to wrap up our podcast, uh, yes, this is a prop microphone. My microphone, I mean, it's the real microphone, but it's been on the fritz, so we got to get that fixed. So this is just me talking into a fake microphone, actually listening to my computer speaker. So sorry for that audio problem. But anyway, this was, I mean, yeah. Um, why, why am I? Oh, yeah. So thank you for all our listeners. Thank you for our mini blow-up this weekend. Anyway, thanks for a listener in France. That Always great to see international people. Um, yeah, follow our Instagram, what.podcast. Um Really great. Actually, I guess I have to actually give out a shout out. We've been having all those me- not memes, all those photoshops they've seen are by Alice. So thanks to her for making hey. all those. Um, anyway, no, no, you should, those, those are pretty cool edits. Or did you see the last one? Because you're not on Instagram. Did you see it? I, gotta hey, say, I thought <laughs> Alice has been doing all the edits. Yeah. Anyway, um, so follow our Twitter at WattPodcast1. Uh, we actually don't, not that active, but we're trying to get more active there. Always subscribe to our podcast. At Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Maybe we were more active if we didn't have a snake named Jacob. Deezer, yeah, we got some beef with Jacob. We're gonna solve off there. Deezer. Beef history. Um, oh, you you watch those? I love those. Love beef history. Anyway, anyway, um, Deezer. Did I say them all? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think I said them all. Um, we might have a new sponsor for next episode. Fingers crossed. We'll it's see. Young Gravy. An actual sponsor. Um, hey. 
Sorry, sorry, sorry. A second, a second actual sponsor. Sorry, Ungrady. Why don't we get something in like? Why don't we get something in like France to like stand our? <laughs> Let's get Terry Ungrady. Anyway, just go get like a restaurant or something. We might be having more interviews coming up, but we'll see. We'll see what's in store. Um, as always, by episode thirty, next episode, which will come out like Thursday, you'll know who our winner is of our third of our third annual tournament. Right now, I have the belt, so this might be the last time I ever gonna say. Undisputed champion of the WAP Podcast Championships, two-time champ, undisputed. So this might be the last time I see that. Um, I dispute it. Shut up, Dan. It's literally undisputed it's, I, at the moment. No, but so, it's not. If I dispute it, I'm holding on. <laughs> oh my God, I'm holding on to that. And all right, podcast listeners, you know it's about to come up. As always, always I'm stupid now. As always, as always. Have a good week. Ori, let me do my conclusion. <laughs> Hello, Tel Aviv. I'm going to mute you. Please mute yourself. As, as always, he's muted now. As always, hope you have a good week. Stay safe. As always, hope you have a good week. Stay safe. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Goodbye. <laughs>